Welcome to Pair at the Point, the Pittsburgh Penguins podcast of the Faceoff Hockey Network. Follow us on Twitter at Pair at the Point and at the FHN. Visit thefhn.net for daily hockey articles and casts. Hi, everyone. So this week we are going to review training camp. We were up in Cranberry today on Sunday. And we saw, I guess, the last day of training camp technically before preseason starts. They'll continue to practice and reduce the the roster, but it, it was the last practice. I think they have a morning practice tomorrow, the people who are going to be in tomorrow's lineup. But uh, yeah, today was the last full practice with the full roster. So this afternoon, the first cuts came out and they have cut the roster down to 50 players. And... I think everyone that's been cut and sent either back to juniors or to Wilkes-Barre is pretty not surprising. No surprise. Um, Sam Hood. Is that how you say that? Hood? I, I think so. Yeah. And then uh, Bigris, Ortiz, Maniscalco, uh, goalies Napier and DeOrio were all sent to Wilkes-Barre, and then Shevkovsky, Williams, Bellevue, and McCleary were all sent back to juniors. Um, I think Bellevue and Williams could be decent prospects for us. I'm not sure on their contract situation. Uh, but they both looked interesting enough to me that I think they'll be back in another development camp, and we can see where their careers progress. The other uh, player to mention out of those cuts that uh, I was really not impressed with, and not not to sound mean, but this has been a multiple season thing now. Is uh, goalie Deorio? I I didn't honestly think he looked terrible in practice, but during the scrimmage, I mean, he played the second of the two periods, and he just got lit up. So yeah, he he was an invite to camp two years back, I believe, from St. John in the queue. And uh, he did look good then. Uh, however, I don't know what, what's happened in terms of regression, but uh, whether it's confident shot from Wilkes-Barre, uh, but doesn't look like he's really still on the same track that we thought he was going to and take. Honestly, at this point, I don't even know if he's going to make that team in Wilkes-Barre. Because there's just a lot. We'll get we'll get into the goalies a little bit later, but there's just a lot of really good goalies that are surprising. And he's, I mean, obviously he's the first one one cut, so they they I think they've seen enough. enough. Yeah. So uh, there's still 50 players left, and a good core of those players were at uh, practice. So training camp was split up today between a morning. There's three teams at training camp, and one of the teams practiced this morning, and then the other two teams did a scrimmage. So, as as we kind of said last week with development camp, it's it's hard to tell during practice what you know what what's going on because it's it's not a game, and you you know you can be just you can be super fancy and have great shots of practice, and then it just doesn't translate. So it's hard to kind of tell, but I think you know they did some really great drills. And there was some interesting combos with you know forwards and defensemen that are worth worth talking about. Yeah, uh, as opposed to what they were doing in development camp, which is really trying to throw a bunch of different ideas and regular drills at them in a short amount of time, they really 
did some long drills, you know, 20 minutes of the same thing. Uh, and I think the area of focus, which was I was able to parse out, uh, was puck retrieval in your own zone and being coordinated in uh, passing and exiting the zone. Which and, is stuff the Pens struggled with in the past. So I think it's it's good that they're focusing on that during camp. Uh, they also definitely were trying to get as many looks on rushes uh, offensively and in-zone offense, two-on-one situations, quick passes to open forwards to see who is able to get that tight, crisp passing that the Penguins are known for, who who's able to excel in that sort of model, and who might be worth a, a look-see this, this training <laughs> camp. I And I think the other thing to mention about practice is that there weren't any stars at, in, in this group. So your, your NHLers that were there, other than, I mean, Chris Letang was there, but he was pretty much the only star, I'd say. But on, I'm talking on offense. Uh, your, your line that was there were... Well, Gensel was... No, Gensel wasn't in, in the practice. Yeah. So it, I'm talking about the practice. Practice only, yeah. And so Gensel was in the game, which we'll get to later. But the the top three NHLers that practiced were Czar, Bluger, and McGinn. Now, I think that they purposely put those three together because I think that's kind of the one line we know is going to start the season together. And kind of a standout thing for me is you had a couple of the, well, the Wilkes-Barre guys. They were wearing gray. And just to see them compared to fourth liners like Czar, Bluger, and McGinn, just the skill level is so different. They, they make decisions so much quicker. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, not that not that the the Wilkesburg guys looked completely out of place, but you could definitely tell, you know, they're not NHLers, and some of them are a little older and will never be, and some of them, you know, have potential to get there. But you know, we didn't have there wasn't Malkin, there wasn't Sid, there wasn't Gensel, there wasn't Russ. Like we didn't even have those big guys in practice, and you could still see the huge difference between guys like Bluger and you know guys like. Robert, so he, you know, he looked so great during development camp, but when you put him next to some NHLers, you really see a drop off, and and that's not that's not a bad thing. There's going to be guys there with different skill levels, but I mean, you definitely can tell that he's not ready for the big club yet. Yeah, and part of that size too. I mean, there were a couple hits, uh, even between like Zahorna, who has just really started to look at an NHL roster, and. I don't know, uh, Justin Almeida, right? The difference there is it shouldn't be so extreme, but I'm, and obviously there's a size differential there too, but you know, when the bodies start getting laid out, um, like Brian Rust went in with, I think it was, uh, Beliveau on defense yeah, and he just, he just steamrolled him. I don't even think he was trying to. I'm pretty sure Brian Rust is smaller. Yeah. But yeah, just, you could tell that they're not used to the yeah. NHL level of hits and, and, and stuff like that. So the intensity is, is definitely ramped up and uh, yeah, they were, it's not like they, they weren't gunning for them. I mean, they're putting their all out there. They're, they're taking shots where, when and how they can, but it, it's just, there's a, there's a difference there. So the other interesting thing from practice before we get into the scrimmage that I, I found kind of, I don't know, interesting, I guess is that Latang and Joseph were pretty much paired up the entire practice. So 
in in my mind, there's there's two reasons that this could be happening. And the first reason is the obvious reason that they feel like they might be a pairing. And they were a pair for a while last season when Dumoulin was out and when Pio Joseph was like on his hot streak right at the beginning of the season. But I think the more realistic reason that they were together is because Latang was guiding and coaching. And I I I really liked I liked Latang during this practice. You know, he wasn't showing off. He wasn't really not that he wasn't trying, but he just was doing the drills the right way. And after every drill, he'd go and talk to Pio Joseph and and you'd see him moving his hands and kind of showing him like you did this, but you should have done this or try this next time. And I, I think that's really good. That that's good leadership from Latang. And I, I think that's probably more of the reason that they were paired together. What do you think about that? Uh I'm a big fan of Pio Joseph. I think he is hundred percent ready at this point. That's that's the other thing to quickly mention. He looks great. Yeah. He looks very, very, very ready. He's definitely taken another physical step. He his upper body bulky. looks he's bulky. Uh in a good way. Yeah, it looks stronger. Uh, his strides, I was saying, look a lot more confident. He's he's moving. He's It looks like he's trying to mimic the skating style of the Tang. There was one point where they actually almost, uh, where they were both back skating, and they were like stride for stride mirroring one another. It was very weird. Uh, it's like synchronized yeah, skating. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was strange. Uh, it caught me off guard, and I noticed that because from P.O. Joseph, yes, he's you know joined the offense, and he looked fine, but there were a couple things with his skating that weren't, ideal and he looks like he's cleaned those up yeah he definitely worked hard this offseason and i think he'll take a spot i don't think anybody uh in the hextall sullivan regime isn't impressed with him at this point and that him obviously putting the work in at the gym in terms of skating i I think he'll make it yeah i'm i'm really excited to see how how this preseason progresses for him and I think that Latang's been a huge impact on him, and I'm excited for his future and to have Latang continue to help him out. I think that's really beneficial. I think it's beneficial for Latang too, because when him and Latang were, were paired together, it makes Latang play smarter because he needs to play smarter so that, you know, Pio Joseph can go and do the things that, you know, Latang used to do. The thing that stinks about P.A. Joseph probably taking that spot and Pedersen still being here is that it really boxes out another player who I thought was very good, which is Yuso Rikola. Uh, but we can talk about that. In yeah, Yuso didn't, he wasn't in uh, the practice, but he did play in, in the scrimmage. So yeah, we'll get to that in, in just a few minutes. But the other uh, interesting player at practice for me was Drogues. So on a not so good note, he looked very winded. <laughs> he was kind of hunched over after a lot of the drills. And I don't know, that might just be his thing. Like, he, you know what I mean? He might just, that might be how he rests. I don't really know him well enough to know that. But his shot was unbelievable. Just like Snipe City. It was, it was great. I, I was very impressed with him. There was multiple times. He wasn't wearing a number. Nobody on the gray team had a number on. So it was kind of hard to see who was who, but you knew. Yeah. As soon as you saw the release, and he's you, got you a, knew who it was. He's got a bigger frame than I remember. I agree with that. I was thinking the same thing. He he doesn't look um like small and immature like like the other guys that were wearing those gray jerseys. Yeah. I think I think some of his experience in the Euro League playing against men, I think that has been helpful. 
he obviously learned a lot in Wilkes, and he looks like he could be one of those late steals that turns into a prospect that's actually on the radar for other other teams. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever get a chance this season, but I could see him putting up some serious numbers with Wilkes uh, in a top six role. Well, and I think ultimately, while we're on the Wilkes Bear subject, this this training camp has gotten me rejuvenated about our prospect pool and about what's going to happen down in Wilkes-Barre this year. So I think last year and then the COVID year were the first times that Wilkes-Barre didn't make the playoffs in their history. And it's, I mean, it's obvious why. I mean, we've had to, you know, strip our prospects, strip our draft picks in order to keep the team competing for Sid and Malkin. And you know, it just is sad to see because the, the fans, the fans down in Wilkes-Barre are so loyal and, you know, they're, they're Wilkes-Barre Scranton fans first and first and foremost. So, you know, to see their team kind of just get, they were stripped. represented well today. Yeah, I mean, they there were. were. There were a ton of Wilkes fans. I, I think that there's good things coming. If anyone's listening and, and they're a big fan of Wilkes-Barre, I, I think there's good things coming for you guys this year. And obviously we don't know the taxi squad situation yet. We don't know if there's even going to be one. And if there is one, that's really unfortunate for Wilkes-Barre. But if, you know, things are normal, Wilkes-Barre has some really good players. You know, we have Gruden and uh, Robert and who else do we notice really? I mean, I think Legere and Pullman are both probably yeah, start the year. Yeah. And then Bjorkvist as well. Yeah. There's uh, just some really good potentially talent. Potentially for yeah. a while. So, yeah, you have some interesting players down there. Uh, O'Connor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you got a group of players that now the, is a little more experienced. Goes, the list goes on. And, you know, some interesting goalies, too, because, like, Lindbergh's probably going to start his year down there. And I want to talk about him a little bit later because he played in the scrim. But he's excellent. And, you know, he could really be a game changer for Wilkes-Barre. Yeah. I agree with that. So let's let's get into the scrimmage because, you know, that's obviously the exciting part. That's what we're all there for. So today's scrimmage was, you know, Team Black versus Team White. And I think some of the not- notable players that, you know, we all love on Team Black were Gensel, Rust, Carter. And then we also had Heinen on that, on that, uh, on that team, on that Black team. So the you know, it was fun to see how he kind of fits in. And I think he still has a long way to go. But, you know, he was playing with Gensel and Carter. So that was very interesting. And then the white team was Zucker, Kapanen, Rodriguez, Zahorna, and a few others, of course. But, you know, those were the main the main guys. I think they're trying to figure out who's going to be our first line, who's going to be our second line without Sid and Gino for a bit. So... Uh, one other notable piece, Brian Boyle, we all know he's on a PTO. He was on the black team, and he was paired with uh, Rust. And I don't even remember who the other person on that line was because their line was not good. Um, but Brian Boyle, I think, is not going to make the team. I, I think he might make the team because of who's leading our team, but he should not make the team. I think that Zahorna has proved himself enough. He's a big body, a big guy, that he it can take that role. My, my whole thing about the Brian Boyle situation, right? He's on a PTO. I don't feel like it's fair to him as a veteran to extend an offer when he doesn't really have a roster spot when we're healthy, and he's not really particularly close. Zahorna looks better than him today by a decent amount, and he looks faster, he looks stronger. 
yes, he's not going to bring that leadership, those intangibles, but to me, he doesn't have a spot on this roster when healthy. Well, and and like he did score a goal for Team Black today, but it was set up beautifully by Brian Rust, and I could have scored that goal. It was like, a tap-in. It was a tap-in, yeah. not a big deal, nothing flashy. And like I said, anyone anyone that was set up the way Brian Rust set him up would have scored that goal. And it's not like Boyle looked bad. Like, I don't want to misrepresent that because he was up to speed. He didn't look out of place in terms that of is his true. legs. Uh, he didn't lose uh, board battles. I just don't think he has all that much gas left in the tank. And I hate to say that because, you know, he's, he's a great vet. He's been around a long time. But when you take a full year off, you just got to think about, I mean, other than playing the world championships, he really didn't do much. And yeah, and yeah, he might hard. might look good in September, but we got to think, how's he going to be in January? How's he going to be in March? Like, mm. I'm, I'm just not sold on the idea. I, I think it was cool that we invited him, gave him a shot. Uh, maybe he'll surprise in some preseason games. And, and honestly, if Zohorna wasn't in our system, he may have a shot, but I just don't see a point for both of them. And, you know, Zohorna didn't light it up today, but he looked fine. He was... I, I'm I'm really enthused about Zohorna. Yeah, even I agree. Though, yeah, I wasn't blown away today, but there he's shown me enough flashes in the past that I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. So he started the, the day in the... They had two periods. In the first period, he centered Zucker and Kapanen. And, yeah, nothing really stood out, but he also didn't look out of place. Well, it's weird because Kapanen just looked like he was on another planet when it came to speed. He yeah. was blowing he, by He was the best one best everyone. one today by far. Uh, you know, he, he was already fast, but he just looks like he has another gear. Um just motoring by people. I mean, he burned defenders left, right, and center. I thought Zucker was really good today, too. He, I thought he uh, was skating really well. He was feisty today. Well, and it, yeah, I know he has a lot to prove, not only to us, but to himself. I think he's really unhappy with, you know, his game since he's become the Pittsburgh Penguin. And I, I think that he, he has a lot to prove. And I think he's really going to work hard this year. And he looked good today, I thought. He looked in shape and ready to go. The, the other thing I wanted to mention is in the second period, Rodriguez was centering uh, Zucker and Kapanen, and Rodriguez was a big, happy surprise today. He looked amazing, and we are not huge Rodriguez fans, but you know he scored a goal pretty early in that scrim, not with Zucker and Kapanen. I don't even know who he was on the line with originally. But, but. even, I mean, he cut across from the half wall, cut in, and, you know, set up a screen for himself and picked it far post. But even more impressive than that, I thought, were his entries and his passes upon entry. Uh, he was looking cross ice immediately, and he was so shifty in his skating. His skating looks even better than I remember. I think that's another reason that Brian Boyle's not going to get a contract, and it's because I think Rodriguez is going to prove that he can fill in as a center. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's obvious uh, that... In the absence of Crosby and Malkin, it should be uh, Carter, Beluger, and some mixture of Zahorna, Rodriguez, Hollander, potentially to start. And then once we get underway and Sid gets back, then Hollander probably goes back down. That's my prediction. I don't know if that's going to be how it works out. But again, where, where does Boyle fit in even when we do have two centers down? I just, I don't know. Yeah, so those were kind of, the, I think, the standouts with the, the white team. The black team, like we are kind of already said, Russ was tied to Boyle, so it was hard to see. But we all know Russ, we all know the player Russ is and how, how he's going to be this season. You know, that's not something we were really looking out for. 
the thing I was kind of watching the entire time was the Genzel Carter Heinen line, mostly to see Heinen because we we don't really know a lot about him. I think he is a long way to go, but I wasn't disappointed with what I was seeing personally. I think he has a lot. He's potential, I, I think. He has flashes of talent, and I really like the way that he forechecks. With that said, however, when he's the one that is coming into the zone and trying to make an opportunity, it looked today like he was doing way too much. You even said that, I think, at one point. Yeah. You know, that was he, my biggest complaint with him. He, he, I felt he needed to simplify. There were times when he should have just put the puck on the net and he chose to dangle instead and yeah, he, he got the puck stripped from him. Yeah, he's trying to reverse toe drags. He's trying to go between the legs. And it's like, I understand that you have an NHL roster spot, but you, especially as the new guy who had a down year, you, you probably want to simplify and, and try to prove yourself with the basics. I don't think he fit in on that line overly well. I hope he probably starts further down the lineup than that. I feel like rest will end up back there. Yeah. I, I think they were just trying to put Boyle with an NHL talent to see what he could do. I, I hope that we see more of the Boston Heinen where he will go to the net. Uh, because today I didn't really see a ton of that. However, uh, they weren't putting a ton of volume on the net, so I can't discredit him and honestly it's one scrimmage so I don't want to read too much into that and the other big piece of that line is Carter he looked good yeah he hasn't lost a step and I do think he he shed some weight yeah he's a, he, he's he was, a big guy but he was fast yeah. I I was very pleasantly surprised not that I disliked any part of him last season I thought he was great for us but I think we we're all a little worried about what you know he was going to bring long-term. Anyone could, you know, produce what he did in a small sample size. But, yeah, I'm very hopeful that, you know, he's going to be a really big piece of our team this year. And I think people are underestimating us a little bit. And if if Carter can stay healthy and quick like he looked today, he's going to be one of the better three C's in the league. I mean, he's listed at – I just looked this up. He just He's listed at 217 pounds. He's a big dude. I, I don't think he's that right now. I don't think he is either. I, I think he he was he hit the gym this offseason, if I had to guess. Yeah. He looked really, really good. So I, I wouldn't worry too much. Obviously, we want Crosby sooner back sooner than later, so Carter can slot into the two hole, which has been the plan since we put together the protection list and you know saved our centers. Uh however, you know, I don't know how much offense he's going to get going as a first line center. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be feast or famine with him and Gensel more than likely as to whether or not they're going to be able to produce enough to offset what's happening on the defensive end. Uh, it, it, if we can go 500 early with, with that group, I think that bodes really well. We're going to be okay. And that's, that's the thing. I, I think a lot of people are nervous and I, I'm nervous myself, but I think this group is, is underestimated. I, I really enjoyed watching them today. They they were in it. They they all were, you know, it was maybe one of the most, uh, I don't know, like involved scrimmages I've seen in Cranberry. A lot of times it looks like they're kind of going at 60%, 70%. They're not, you know, throwing full hits. And this was it was not there. like that. Yeah. It, it felt like a game. And I really appreciated that. You know, obviously I don't want anyone to get injured. But, you know, I, I think... 
I think they're ready. I think... Yeah, no one was taking runs, but they definitely were trying to get up to that game pace. And honestly, it looked more intense than many preseason games I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can we talk about, before we move on, just a couple of the, the minor prospects at one forward? Yeah, yeah. So, also involved in the scrimmage today were Poulan, Legere, Bjorkquist. So, I thought all three of them looked pretty good. I don't think any of them are ready, but I'm going to Legere is the most ready. Yeah. Which was surprising. I was impressed with him in drills, but today for whatever reason, you know what it was? It was, it was his play in the neutral zone looked better than I was expecting. Yeah. He, he seems like he's worked on other parts of his game and he, you know, is really getting the full package. In the ozone, he just he finds open space like a shark and he's always ready to pull the trigger. And it's really interesting because he does have that next level talent where, man, if he, you know, I just got goosebumps. If he can just put it together early in the season in Wilkes and get a call up, I think he could be really dangerous as a, as a late season ad. Uh, he, I think it, he it could score. be it could be like a Jake Gensel where he gets caught up and never gets sent back. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be quite the impact player that Jake is because he's rounded out his game so well over the years, but he could make a he could make a dent real early. Yeah, and then uh, Pullian, we didn't really get to see too much. He was out the entire first period of the two. We're not sure why, but he like kind of looked at the trainer right at the. I think he took one shift, looked at the trainer, something wasn't right, went back. Then he did come out and play the entire uh, second, but you know he looked fine. He just wasn't. He wasn't as dynamic and noticeable as Legaray, but yeah, there have been times that Poulin really has uh, gotten to his game and impressed me. So I'm not going to he, take this. No, he was not bad at all. No, he fit in well. He didn't look out of place. You know, I just don't think he's ready for the NHL. I'm interested because they are both on tomorrow night's roster for the first preseason game. So it'll be kind of fun, I think, to see to see them play on the same team. Today they were on opposing teams. Bjorkvist uh, definitely needs more time. You can tell he's playing a very Euro type of game. However, he's exciting. He's, he's really exciting. He has some two-way potential that is interesting. A lot of guys coming out of the Swedish League have that ability to read the play. He picked off a couple of passes, broke things up. Uh, and, and that sort of hockey IQ as, as a forward is, is enticing. I he, hope he develops well. He's one of those players that you, since we don't really know yet, you know, you, you see him do something and you're like, who was that? And then it was, it was him a lot of the time when you said that, because he, he did some pretty cool things at practice today. He was, he was good. Yeah. I, I definitely want to see him work on his offensive game. I don't want him to pigeonhole himself in, into being a, you know, a one way I don't want him to be an, a Zach Aston Reese, you know, five years down the road because I do think he has some offensive upside, but he's years away. I, I really do think. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to lastly point out, pour one out for my prospect, Jordy Bellarive, because <laughs> I, I feel he had a couple errors today in practice. I don't know if they were mental mistakes. He just, you know, injuries have really derailed him. I was really excited a couple years ago when I, I saw him performing in junior he just looks like he's gonna find a diminutive role in Wilkeson probably not gonna be heard of again and again there's always prospects where injuries derail their career but he had some really interesting uh playmaking ability and you know I I just think he's kind of lost lost the thread so I they're, hope he they're can giving find him more time which I'm glad I'm glad that he didn't he wasn't one of the cuts today 
So, you know, it'll be fun to see him, too. I think, you know, he'll obviously probably play some third or fourth line tomorrow. But, yeah, it's just it's disappointing because the hopes were so high. Yeah, I think. He, he is playing. He's on the roster for tomorrow. So as a sea level, as a sea level prospect, I kind of uh, latched onto him as somebody who could infuse some offense into our prospect pool. And he just had an unlucky streak there with a couple. So let's, let's get into defense a little bit. So obviously in the game, we had Marino Matheson. I thought they both looked great. Uh, Matheson just in particular. Yeah. He, he's amazing. And I know a lot of people have issues with him and people don't like his contract. And I mean, you know, you all know me by now, biggest Patrick Hornquist fan around. So finding love for Matheson is not easy for me, but he's just an excellent skater. He's very offensive and he just brings something to our defense that nobody else does. He backs opposing defenses up when he's on the ice and that gives our forwards room to get settled and enter the zone. They don't always have to lug the puck. He does something that Latang did earlier in his career even better, which is that he backs D up because you see this he's not as quick as Latang was at at his apex, but man, when he gets ahead of steam and that you see this big guy coming through the neutral zone. He's he's one of the best skaters on our team and he just continues to get better, I think. And he just looked really impressive today. He's just dynamic in the way that he headmans the puck and really, he just you can't knock him off it either. I, I think in his own zone, or in the offensive zone, he just has this wide stance, this big frame, and you know he doesn't turn it over. So I, I, I'm, in, I'm impressed with him. I've been impressed with him for a while. I don't know why Florida got rid of him, but I will take it. I, I think Friedman looked pretty good today, too. And he's, he, I think he's the wild card for us. Uh, we all know he's Hextall's guy. Uh, I, thought, I thought he looked solid. I... He has a shooter's mentality, which I really like. Uh, he's always squared up in a position to fire the puck low on net for a tip or a rebound. Uh, That's how Rikula is too. And I think though, I don't understand the log jam with Rikula. I will never understand it. But I think that Friedman's going to take Rikula's spot. He is, well, I mean, Friedman, he's on the, is he on the right side? I believe he is. So I think that that would be, you know, he's going to be there with Chad up on, uh, you know, trying to get that last spot on the right when there's an injury. Ricola has just, for whatever reason, Sullivan and crew don't seem to like him. He I had like 11 shots in that second period. <laughs> like, I swear, he just like, and I know that's not always a good thing, but I feel like every time he shoots, it has a chance. Like, he it's finds not, lanes. It's, it's not like Pedersen, who just like shoots and misses the net or shoots and just hits the pads. He, he, finds a good shot he doesn't just take shots to take shots he is trying to create offense and I don't I don't know I don't know if there's something else like we're not seeing but he just always seems to get the bad boy treatment from Sullivan I wonder if part of it is his passing isn't quite as crisp as they want I think there was one time he he went for a lead pass and it went for an ice maybe that's it I haven't noticed him turn the the puck over in-game action, which is what's so frustrating because he's a better defenseman than Pedersen. At this particular moment, 
he's right there with P.O. Joseph in terms of who should be making the team. And it doesn't, and I, I've said this last year and I said it the year before. He was also rocking a really great mustache. Uh, yeah. He, <laughs> he's an NHL caliber defenseman. He can, he can play really well against um, third and second lines of opposing teams. Uh, as a second pairing guy, and for whatever reason, even though we've had a litany of injuries, uh, Dumoulin included, we just refuse to put him in there regularly. And it's yeah, it's it's maddening because you watch him in a practice throw people around today and and get shots through, and you're like, why is this guy not playing? Yeah, there. I mean, there obviously is something. I I I feel like he's getting treated the same way Ian Cole got treated by Sullivan. There's just something that doesn't gel with them and Uh, yeah I I, like we all know Ian Cole and Sullivan did not get along at all that was why Ian Cole got traded but Ian Cole was an amazing defenseman for us yeah and I feel like we're we're going to not use Ricola again and I I, at this point I like Ricola so much as a player that I wish that we would just cut him loose so that he could go and be a defenseman somewhere else. Yeah, my my concern with him is he's he's not going to find another NHL contract because he has such a short uh, sample size to really play with. There, and there are teams though who may you know come March desperately need defensemen, and I think that he could prove himself somewhere else. He's just he's a new NHL defenseman, and he contains the uh, he holds onto the puck in the right situations. He gets it out of his zone without panicking. And he gets shots on net in the offensive zone. So I, I don't, we've obviously believed the point here, but it is confusing because he was a standout today. And, you know, we just, it's a foregone conclusion. He's not going to make the roster uh, outside of a scratch. Yeah. So lastly, the goalies for today in the, in the scrimmage, the first period there was DeSmith and Jerry uh, nothing really to note there. They both look solid. They both allowed one goal. I think it was just too short of a sample size, but they both look fine to me. The second period, we had DeOrio and we had Lindbergh. Lindbergh allowed no goals and looked fantastic. I, I will say, before we go on to Lindbergh, because Lindbergh's awesome, uh, <laughs> Jerry really looked... At times, it looked like he was doing too much in the net, but I liked that he came out with a fire. He was fighting for uh, his crease. He was uh, really directing rebounds the way that he wanted to. He just looked aggressive, which he, is which is good and bad. But. He knows he knows he needs to prove himself to not only you know his coaches, his teammates, but to the entire fan base, the entire city of Pittsburgh. And I think he's he's prepared himself in the offseason to do that. I know he got a new coach. And he just really wants to bounce back. And he, he looked good. He looked confident. He looked fine. We saw him warming up. You know, I think, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be fine. I do too. I, I'm not super worried about his regular season performance. Uh, however. Yeah. Well, you, you never know. You never know. But uh, DeOrio, obviously, just a quick mention, got, got sent, sent down to Wilkes-Barre. He was bad. He la- allowed four goals in the in the second period and just looked completely out of place yeah i i don't want to you know yeah we don't we don't need to yeah we don't need to beat up but yeah he he he's down in wilkes right now and that's where he should be you know based off of today's performance and then yeah Lindbergh was just for me the star of the day i think uh you really saw uh what was it team white really try to turn it on at the end to try to break his shutout because you know for his period shutout whatever you want to call it but 
they put some great A chances and the D really wasn't trying all that hard to clear. I, you know, and he was turning them away. Like it was easy. And he's very poised in there. He, he has minimal movement. And yet when he needs to make a 10 bell glove save, it looks like he's ready to do it. So I'm very intrigued by him. Uh, I think that was a huge get from our college scouts. Obviously, there were multiple teams in on that, so we were lucky we grabbed them. So tomorrow is preseason game one, and if you're listening to this after Monday, uh, preseason game one was on Monday, so that'll be exciting. We'll probably t- touch on you know any preseason stuff next week and moving forward, obviously. But uh, Lindbergh and Jerry are the goalies. I'm expecting them to split, probably, what you'd think, period and a half, period and a half. I, I think they're going to want to see Lindbergh against other NHLers and I think it's good to give Jerry the first game he needs to get back out there and and do his thing and you know you need to start building Jerry's confidence immediately so I think I think that's a really good uh, choice for goalies and then I really we have a a lot of good defensemen really the only defensemen you know not going to be playing tomorrow are uh, Latang, Dumoulin, Pedersen you know, we have Ruido, we have Marino, we have Ricola, we have Joseph, Friedman, uh, Cam Lee, who also looked really good today. But yeah, they'll all be there playing defense. And then uh, Brian Boyle's going to get, you know, a nod tomorrow. I, I think Cam Lee will take the number one role in Wilkes-Barre and absolutely run with it. Yeah. I yeah. really am expecting that. And I hope I'm not disappointed because there's something there there. So yeah, we have Poulin, Legere tomorrow, Kapanen's going to be in, Rogues is going to be in. So watch out for his shot. Uh, some, uh, Dominic Simone Gruden, who I think is going to be a really big piece in, in Wilkes-Barre. Heinen's going to be there tomorrow. Uh, Sam Lafferty, which I think we've seen enough of him, but they continue to give him a shot. And then Evan Rodriguez, uh, I'm excited to see him tomorrow as well because he looked really, really good today. Yeah, I want to, I want to see him on draws and defensive yeah, situations, definitely. uh, because if he can play at center, I really think that solidifies what we're going to do. Yeah. I, it, it'll be interesting too, to see lines because like today, uh, Kapanen and Zucker were on a line together, but Zucker's not playing tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see who they put with who. I hope they try to pull in with Ligure because I think that'll be fun to, to watch, but that will be streaming on Pittsburgh Penguins website and app. So if you want to check that out, I, I believe it starts at seven o'clock tomorrow. So we will be uh, obviously catching that. And for people who aren't football fans, we'll probably be catching that. So definitely tune into that and, and watch the, the Wilkes-Barre guys because a lot of the, these guys are going to be in Wilkes-Barre and it'll be fun to see. Yeah, 34 Legere, definitely watch out because he's a gem. Yep. So that's, that kind of wraps it up. I, it, there was a lot and, you know... It's just, you know, I think you're extra, we're extra excited because we love hockey and we're so glad it's back and everything feels relatively normal and being out in Cranberry feels normal and there's tons of fans there today. It's just so fun. And I think, you know, the team is going to prove a lot of people wrong. I really hope that. I really think that. I, I thought they looked really good, really engaged today. And I'm excited to see what, what the other guys can do that aren't, Sid and Gino. Yeah. It's going to be fun to, to see these other guys kind of take the reins. And there's a lot, there's a lot to prove for a lot of different guys. And I think there's more internal competition from below than we've had in a while. Yeah. At least three seasons. So I'm really at least three seasons, probably more. And this is, this is the future. I mean, 
you know, we're not going to have Sid and Gino forever. And, and this is, I feel like a tiny peek into what it's going to be like with, without those guys. And I can't wait for both of them to come back because you don't get to see players like them every day. But I, I'm excited to see these other guys step up and, yeah. and show us what they can do. My biggest takeaway from development camp, from training camp, was that our prospect pool doesn't have the big names. There are no slam dunks here. However, they have done a good job. The organization has done a good job at locating prospects that are a little bit under the radar that are playing in men's league playing in college and went undrafted that have unique talent decent hockey iq and are yes projects multi-year projects most of them but are still interesting and have the potential to go contribute at the nhl level whether or not they pan out is a totally different story and that's not a perfect art however i think everybody being down on our prospect pool there are still some folks in in the organization that know what they're doing, even with late picks and un, you know unsigned prospects. They really have isolated some interesting uh, players. So I, I hope that Wilkes develops them well. The coaching da- staff down there uh, really gives them the lessons that they need to integrate into the Penguin system. Uh, so when we do run into the rash of injuries that we always do, that these guys are able to step right in and you know produce and play defensive, uh, re- t- defensively responsible hockey. All right. So just before we end, I just want to thank everyone who's been, been listening. We've like had a huge increase and just for like two people who work non-hockey jobs by day and do this for fun, it's been so cool to, to connect. Uh, we would love to actually connect and talk with you guys. So you can always follow us on Twitter at pair at the point uh, we would love to, you know, talk hockey, talk strategy, you get your input. If you have any ideas for, for future episodes, we, I mean, we, we are always down for that. We, we love to, to meet and, and talk to other Pens fans or just hockey fans, not, not even Pens fans, as long as you're nice. <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know, just reach out to us and, and, you know, we would love to get that, that form of communication going more as as we gain listeners but yeah thank you guys so much this this is so fun for us as a hobby and we really you know we took this from sitting on our couch just watching games together and chatting you know i think sometime last year i was like we we should start like recording this because i feel like we have some pretty cool analysis and so knowing that some people are listening and enjoying is really cool and we really appreciate it And then, as always, we appreciate um, Face Off Hockey Network, who kind of took us under their wing early. They are growing, you know, at a rapid rate, and they have podcasts, they have different columns for different teams with articles, and, you know, they're really cool. So check them out on Twitter as well, at the FHN, and then at their website, thefhn.net. You can check out teams, whatever team you love. Obviously, there's Penguin stuff there from us, but, you know, there's tons of other stuff going on, and they continue to grow. So, you know, if you want to join the team, they have that as well at their website. You can always do that for your favorite team. So, you know, big thanks to them, too, for taking us under their wing early and having us grow with them because it's been awesome, and we're going to continue to have fun with it. So, Hockey is back. Preseason tomorrow. (laughs) That's a... It's a beautiful time of year. Knowing at this time tomorrow I'll be sitting on my couch watching hockey, I'm so excited for. And then next week on the 5th, we'll be 
at a preseason game and that's even more exciting can't wait to eat some nachos and watch <laughs> hockey but yeah that it's it's here and we are so excited and we are pumped to keep bringing you penguins related content so thanks so much for listening and i think that's all from us bye bye <laughs>